Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Jenna. Hi. How are you, friend? I am fabulous. Ooh. Mm -hmm. That's better than good. It is. I'm just curious why you're fabulous. Because I'm sitting with you. Come on. That's so sweet. Yeah. Jenna, I'm still in like the process of re-entry from my eight day. I've been like very aware of the brilliance of the spiritual exercises. In particular, I've been like very interested in and assisted by St. Ignatius's rules for discernment. I just feel like it's a treasure trove and people don't even know about it. Yeah, I don't know about it. It's like a page and a half. It's so simple. As I was reading them, I was just like, yes, that's my experience of prayer. What are the rules? Rules for life? Rules for what is it? This is a great question. Is this rules for what I'm supposed to wear every day? Modesty? Interestingly enough, St. Ignatius has lots of rules for lots of things. Did you know he even has rules for eating? Did he make this though for the community? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So St. Ignatius Thank was... You. Let's go back to level one. <laughs> a wealthy, young... Oh, wealthy. Oh, very wealthy. Oh. Yeah, like a really popular, good-looking, wow. handsome, brave guy born to a family of minor nobility. But he always had his sights set mm. on being like a hero. He, what? Yeah, seriously. He wanted to like be really valiant in battle. He wanted to have like all these victories. He wanted to be well thought of. He this had, is fascinating. Seriously. I can't wait to hear what the Lord did with yeah, him. It's wild. Okay. He had all of these designs on like wooing women. What? Yeah. He he was very worldly okay. in his youth. Yeah. So then he went into battle and his leg was injured by a cannonball. And while he's resting and healing, he asked for inspirational reads. So he wanted to read about like soldiers, heroic victories in war. But I think he ran out of those pretty quickly. Mm. But they had in this house all kinds of stories of the saints. Mm. So he didn't have anything else to do. So he started reading the lives of the saints. So he found in himself that when he was reading about money, fame, battle, like worldly success, he was initially very excited and inspired and like almost agitated, like ramped up about it. Mm. But it left him feeling depleted and kind of empty and yucky. And then when he started reading the lives of the saints, he found that he was inspired to want to live a holy life and do something victorious for God in God's name. And he noticed in himself that when he read about that, that those feelings stayed and grew over time. Isn't that interesting? He just like noticed what was going on in his spirit when he read these two different things. So cool. Yeah, and that's really like the beginning of St. Ignatius's rules for discernment. It's just noticing the movements of the good spirit and the bad spirit. Anyway, so St. Ignatius has this like massive conversion, right? This is my favorite part of his story that you don't often hear, is that he decided to go and like live in a cave and stop cutting his hair and like clipping his nails because he thought... The people that he read about who were the holiest, like St. Francis of Assisi, were like very aesthetical. So he thought, I have to be like that. I have to be very poor, 
throw off all the trappings of the world. Like Exodus 90 on steroids. <laughs> totally. He dove head first <laughs> into Exodus 90. <laughs> so then he went into this cave and he realized, like, I don't feel inspired. Wow. I don't feel closer to the Lord. Again, he noticed that it wasn't drawing him deeper in a relationship with God. So he threw that off. He said, I guess there must be another way for me to become a saint. And thank God for that attentiveness to his interior life, because from that was born the Society of Jesus, the Jesuits. He just started inviting friends to be what he called companions of Jesus. What? And that's how the order was born. Amazing. Isn't that cool? He wrote these famous spiritual exercises. He wrote rules for discernment, which is really like a primer for prayer. And they're so basic. They apply to literally everything, no matter where you are in your stage of the spiritual life, no matter what your prayer life is like, the rules apply to you. And especially the deeper you get into it, understanding the like foundational rules for discernment, aka like a primer for prayer, how to pray, what prayer is like, movements of prayer, how the Holy Spirit works, that's all in these 14 rules that are literally mm. like a page and a half long. But people spend their lives like studying them and applying them. I think the most helpful and universal principle in the spiritual exercises are the definitions of consolation and desolation. Well, I remember I was just talking to you recently and yeah. I was like, Beth, I'm so scared that all this, what I think is consolation, my like Jenna definition of the word is yeah, what that you I like feel emotionally high when I'm with the Lord. You have a sense of being close to him. Yes. You're feeling that in your senses. Yes. So yeah. I was saying to you, I'm so scared it's going to go away. I like don't want this consolation to go away. I don't want these warm fuzzies, for lack of a better word, mm -hmm. to go away. And I felt like your insight was very helpful. Well, the rules are very helpful. I was just reminding you and me yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> what St. Ignatius says about consolation and desolation. It's probably helpful to give you like the real textbook definition of spiritual consolation. Okay. That's in the third rule of spiritual consolation. I call it consolation when some interior movement in the soul is caused through which the soul comes to be inflamed with love of its creator and Lord. And when it can in consequence love no created thing on the face of the earth in itself, but in the creator of them all. Likewise, when it sheds tears that move to love of its Lord, whether out of sorrow for one's sins or for the passion of Christ our Lord or because of other things directly connected with his service and praise. Finally, I call consolation every increase of hope, faith, and charity and all interior joy which calls and attracts to heavenly things and to the salvation of one's soul, quieting it and giving it peace in its creator and Lord. That is insane. Is that not so beautiful? Yeah, but why can't we always live in that? I don't understand. <laughs> why do we need the desolation? Yeah, well, let me tell you. St. Ignatius tells us why? why God allows desolation. The ninth rule. There are three principal reasons why we find ourselves desolate. The first is because of our being tepid, lazy, or negligent in our spiritual exercises. And so through our faults, spiritual consolation withdraws from us. 
Like, wow, we can't just walk around and like feel good about the Lord if we're not in relationship with him. Totally. Not reading scripture. We're not praying. The second, to try us and see how much we are and how much we let ourselves out in his service and praise without such great pay of consolation and great graces. So that we keep on despite not feeling it. Totally. You know? Like, do we keep showing up in prayer even if we're not getting the emotional high, even if we don't see visible fruits or like feel the peace that we long for? Do we keep showing up? The third, to give us true acquaintance and knowledge that we may interiorly feel that it is not ours to get or to keep great devotion, intense love, tears, or any other spiritual consolation, but that all is the gift and grace of God our Lord. And that we may not build a nest in a thing, not ours, raising our intellect into some pride or vainglory, attributing to us devotion or the other things of spiritual consolation. So, so like to, that we know it's not ours. Well, it's not ours and we can't manufacture it. Yeah. We can't cause ourselves to be consoled. It's all gift and grace from God. Mm-hmm. And we can't hang on to it. We can't own it for ourselves because it's a gift. It's so crazy that he says, raising our intellect into some pride or vainglory. Mm-hmm. Like when we spend a lot of time in consolation, we think like, I'm all good. Look how holy I am. Mm-hmm. I'm praying so much. Look how great my life is to like keep us humble. Okay. So my spiritual director on retreat said this fascinating thing. This is like a boiled down rules for discernment. And Ignatius says this, the number one thing you should do in consolation. The primary reason for consolation is to store it up for later time, knowing that desolation is coming. You're not always going to feel close to God. So my spiritual director summed it up. He just said, step one, store up consolation. Mm-hmm. So like you stay in it while you're there mm-hmm. instead of like moving on and being like mm-hmm. such a consumer for the next thing, like drawing all the graces from the well of that. Like the way we talk about going back to an image totally, or a scripture or like sharing it with someone else, that deepens the graces. Then the second thing he says in desolation, ignore desolation. Right? I'm into that. Yeah. Well, remember Ignatius says desolation is there to try us. So we have to pretend like this doesn't matter. I'm just going to keep showing up and keep <laughs> praying, keep on with the Lord. So we ignore desolation. And he gave me this like really fascinating visual. When I walked in, he was sending an email on his phone. And of course, he put it away, came over and sat with me on the couch. And as we're having this conversation about desolation, he said, remember how I was on my phone when you came in the room? Now, if you had come in, greeted me, and I ignored you, and you sat on the couch and you waited for me and I stayed looking at my phone, if I just totally ignored you, you would be pretty uncomfortable, right? Like you wouldn't feel welcome. I was like, right. (laughs) He's like, I would never do that. (laughs) But that's what we're supposed to do with desolation. We're supposed to pretend like it's not even there because desolation comes from the bad spirit, so evil spirits Mm. who want to discourage us. So we have to ignore them and make them feel very unwelcome. And he said, my mom used to tell me bullies on the playground will give up. They'll get bored if you don't like give in to them. So you just don't give in to evil spirits. Isn't that crazy? You just ignore it and make them feel not welcome. Instead of like me, I like I entertain every thought like, is that true? Maybe I got it all wrong. 
does the Lord even love me? Does the Lord exist? Mm -hmm. That's all like very normal, desolating thoughts. Crazy, right? And then the last thing he says is stay with the plan. In fact, St. Ignatius says when we're in desolation, not only do we stick with the plan, we double down on the plan. So you pray more. I was just thinking that yesterday. So I was having a horrible day. Yeah. And I was praying. I had my holy hour. I went to mass. I was like not doing anything crazy. I was just having a day. Anyway, I was in mass and I was like, maybe I should text some friends and start another Seven Sisters apostolate. We've talked so much about the Seven Sisters. You know that we love it Mm -hmm. and that we go for an hour every single week for a certain priest. Seven of us. So he's covered in prayer every day of the week for a year. And we pray before the Blessed Sacrament for him and for his intentions. Yes. It's just been such an anchor for me, the Seven Sisters Apostolate, Mm -hmm. for me to be in front of the Lord for someone else in such an intentional way where it's like no one else is covering this hour on this day. Oh, I have to be there. (laughs) And it's not for you. It's not like I'm fine. I'm being selfish. I need to be here, do this thing. Like I'm showing up for someone else. I have to go. Yeah. It's crazy that you had that inspiration. I would totally call that an inspiration from the Holy Spirit. Okay. Can I tell you another thing? This extremely wise Jesuit priest, my spiritual director taught me on retreat. He said, and this is like the basics. This is rule one and two. In a soul going from good to better. Okay. So you're making an ascent to go up higher. The evil spirit acts in such a way to like throw you off mm-hmm. of that ascent. He said it acts like turbulence. So that's exactly what you experienced yesterday. Crazy. You're making time for mass. You have your holy hour. You're in the vineyard, like laboring with and for the Lord. Yeah. The enemy is just going to try to like shake you up and cause this turbulence in your life so that you have these desolating thoughts of, well, what does it matter? I'm praying all the time. Like, I've never had such a strong prayer life. And look at what's happening. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So you naturally, you knew naturally in your soul that you were supposed to press in. Totally. I was supposed to like go harder. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Not in like a striving way. I just like wanted to like keep going, you know? Yeah. But I proved to the enemy. Like the bully on the playground. I don't see you. Get out of here. I'm not bothered. Not bothered. I was listening to this testimony of the speaker that I love. She was talking about days like this where you just feel so like weighed down. She mm-hmm. said she was on the brink of jumping over into disappointment, yeah. which is such a far way to go. Yeah. Such a far fall to like let yourself give way to disappointment, mm-hmm. whether it be in suffering or in your relationship with the Lord or in, you know, chronic illness, things like that, like this like disappointment that takes over. And She said, I just looked at the enemy and I said, you are a liar. Whoa. And she's just like so passionate about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love that. Anyway, so that's what I was like, you're a liar. You have no place here. You are not allowed in my soul. Yes. Get out of here. Yeah. Those little sound bites help so much. Totally. When people tell you practically how to combat desolation, dark thoughts, discouragement. So yeah, I love the idea of pressing in. Yeah, it's good, right? Yeah. St. Ignatius, man, he knew what he was talking about. Wow. I found myself in spiritual direction on that eight day. I would often just like 
sharing like the movements of the day, I noticed how often I would say to him, yeah, I was kind of discouraged thinking about this thing. Like how often discouragement was like at my heels, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I have not mastered how to ignore desolation because I think I've over-spiritualized desolation in my mind. And I think it's different than it is when in reality, discouragement is desolation. Any thought that makes me believe I can't do it, God's not with me, I'll never get over this or through this or... I can't complete this, whatever it might be. Anyway, that's all desolation. It's not only spiritual things in a spiritual box. Which is how you thought of desolation before. Yeah. I basically equated desolation to dryness in prayer. It's so much more than that. Mm. It's St. Ignatius reading a book and feeling empty. You know, it's me watching a show and feeling empty after. That's a bad spirit. That's desolation. Now I want to like think about my life in a way that isn't framed by the goodness of the gospel and Jesus. That's all desolation. I mean, I just want to honestly read all of the rules. They're so obvious when you read them. You're like, that's so my experience, you know? The 11th rule, let him who is consoled see to humbling himself and lowering himself as much as he can, thinking how little he is able for in the time of desolation without such grace or consolation. That's how you're supposed to feel in consolation. The Lord is so big and so capable and so loving and so generous, and I can't do anything on my own. On the contrary, let him who is in desolation think that he can do much with the grace sufficient to resist all his enemies taking strength in his creator and Lord. So either way, it's just eyes on Jesus. Yeah. In consolation, I can't do anything, but God can. In desolation, I can't do anything, but God can. Right. Isn't that crazy? I had a small group for a Lent devotional a couple of years ago, and I was talking about how Mike and I were in a good place for the first time. He was starting to be healed from his anxiety disorder. And... I remember saying to these girls in our small group, I am in such a good place with Mike. I feel Mm. so good with him after years, years, years of feeling just so hopeless and sad and in a dark place and not okay. And I said, I'm just so scared that this is going to go away. Mm. Like, I don't want this goodness to go away. And one of the women in my group just said, Just store up everything you can right now. Like soak up every moment of this high of being happy in your marriage and in your relationship because you will go through hard times. There will be another valley maybe or dryness, but to always remember that you had this amazing consolation in your marriage and in your relationship. And I think that was just such like a tangible, actual, practical, real life relationship that I can equate to our relationship with the Lord. I think in any relationship, really, like soak up the beautiful moments you have with each other. There's going to come hard times and you're going to remember all of those beautiful moments, you know? Totally. Because I think conversely, when you're in a hard season, whether that's like 
actually in your relationship, like something's going on between the two of you, or whether that's like outside yeah. circumstances mm-hmm. or influences affecting you two together, isn't it so easy to think it's always been like this? Mm-hmm. He's always been like that. It's never going to get better. That's why we have to be so intentional to remember, celebrate, thank God for the good things so that they're like food and fuel for us in the hard times. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. It was. It was really special. And it kind of gave me permission to like love the moment we were in mm. as opposed to just being terrified of when it would stop. Yes. You know? Like yeah. I was like, I just get to love him then. I don't have to be worried that it's going to go away. That's like doubly enjoying it too. Yeah. I mean, now that we're talking about it, isn't that like the enemy? You're in this beautiful time and the enemy's like, well, don't get used to this. Totally. He's going to disappoint you. He's going to go back. All these little lies, always trying to steal her peace. Kill and destroy. Steal, kill and destroy. Amen. <laughs> Is that from something? John 10, 10. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> the thief comes only to kill, steal and destroy. Yeah. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Like, that's not abundant if you're like, this is beautiful. When's it going to end? Abundant is, this is beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I like these rules, even though I hate rules. (laughs) (laughs) It's 14 small paragraphs that take up like a page and a half Word doc. And it's everything. Yeah. Everything you need to know about like the valleys, and the mountaintops of prayer and like how to act accordingly. I love it. Yeah. Gosh, all three of his things were like life-changing for me. Store up consolation, ignore desolation, stay with the plan. Yeah. So I would just ask if you identify at any time of the day with discouragement, with kind of what we're defining here as desolation, what's your plan? Mm. Stay with your plan and even... Double down on your plan. Mm -hmm. Lean in to your plan. You know, I was sharing with my spiritual director, my my like real spiritual director. Not the one from retreat. Right. Right. I was telling him about my last five day and how I had like a deep, dark, scary, painful day of desolation. It was a total crisis of faith. I mean, deep, deep despair. I described it to him, how it started, what I was thinking. And he said, what did you do? And I said, I told myself to go to bed. I told myself, you're just tired. Go to bed. No more thinking. No more trying to pray. Just sleep. And I did that. And I got up the next morning and I did my holy hour. I think I had two before spiritual direction on that five day. And my you know, real time now, spiritual director said to me, it's exactly what you needed to do. Ignore the desolation and double down on your prayer. He said in the rules of St. Ignatius, he would instruct you in desolation to lean in, to pray even longer. If you have a holy hour, pray five minutes more than that. Stay five minutes more just to like rub it in the devil's face. Like I'm not only not believing this, I'm going to become holier. I'm going to try harder I'm going to be more faithful because of your efforts to disrupt me. Yeah. I felt like I could do anything Mm. with that knowledge. Like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do? 
I don't have to believe all this BS. The enemy is like constantly whispering in my ear. Now we have a plan. Stay with the plan. I love it. Should we pray, Beth? I would love to. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for the gift of the spiritual exercises, the gift of these rules for discernment. Thank you that you've given us a guide for prayer and for life, a guide to know our heart and to identify your movements. Mm -hmm. I pray for real sensitivity to your good spirit, Mm -hmm. that we would cling to your good spirit, to the good things that you're calling us to. I pray for the grace of perseverance to lean in to those good things you're calling us to. And I pray for the grace of ignorance, that we would ignore the enemy, that we would pretend like he doesn't exist, especially for anyone who is walking under a perpetual cloud of discernment or despair or negativity. We ask you to cast it out by your light, Lord. You would dispel all darkness and that your good spirit would come and console, breathe hope, life, energy again into our hearts. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for always leading us. Thank you for being with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Beth. Thanks, Jenna. Thanks for my Ignatius 101 course today. <laughs> it, was, it was like, <laughs> you're so welcome. <laughs> Chat soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedishe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.